The question is about role models as inspired by an episode that you did recently on ego. Okay. How does how we introduce ourselves to our group help with this self-efficacy concept of role models? So the role models in in the self-efficacy says we are more likely to be inspired by or learn from someone who is more like us than years ahead of us. So an athletic comparison to that would be like, I am more likely to become try running for the first time from watching my sister who was two years older than me than from watching Allison Felix win a gold medal. So if you take that concept, Phil, how do you introduce yourself to groups knowing that you want to sort of be an, an accessible role model, not uh, an Allison Felix gold medal winner of a role model? That's a great question. I And I also think that um, those kind of people, they seem far too out of normal people's reach, right? Like you could never, exactly. ever imagine being in that role. I think it's the problem with people saying like, I've been doing this for 40 years. I've always struggled with how is anyone ever supposed to be able to meet that gap unless they've done that, right? Like it's not exactly. an achievable. It's not a, if I study more, then I'll have done it for 40 years. No, it's right. not. It's an impossible thing. To, it's an impossible task or goal to meet. So when anyone says that, I I don't know how I'm supposed to respond to that other right. than, okay, I guess I have to work for 39 more years if you're new. Like it's like, it's unachievable. Exactly. So if you could magically like remove all the social norms about how we introduce ourselves as experts and you could sort of write the script fresh mm. for the first time, what do you really want your group to know about you? Uh, or maybe you could answer it conversely if you wanted to, which is as a participant, what do you really want to know about your trainer slash facilitator? Mm barring any existing social norms so i can think of like two specific examples where i feel like i've been doing this recently so one okay. i often think that i have a an advantage as the english trainer of high five that when i go to summer camps and they're an international staff that i can 100 percent just say that i was exactly where you were like and i and i understand that stuff so i think that from a summer camp perspective being having worked there for many years in the summer camp world industry and then also being someone who came over on a j1 visa that when they're international staff i just feel like i i can connect with them easier so just on the basis of the fact that i was where they were at so i tend to tell them the same way when work when i train at outdoor ed sites or when i go, even go to a site and i'm i mentioned that i was a challenge course manager at one time and we were just recent. I was just recently at a school training, and the the challenge course manager there was sort of suggested that it's like kind of annoying that they have to get up early to, or start early to set up the course. And I was just kind of relating to that because I definitely have done that before as myself. So I think that's helpful. But something I've been doing recently, actually, at a conference in Canada, I mentioned this more explicitly, I think, than I've mentioned it in the past, and I kind of got a lot of head nods and people agreeing when I just announced to the group early on in my play note that I have social anxiety. I think that me mentioning that sort of el eliminates the feeling that 
this person can talk in front of people very confidently and without any concern. And yet like 10 minutes prior to me presenting, I'm like <laughs> sweating and feeling like I could throw up. So right. I think that uh, I've been more honest about my anxiety. And I think since I've been doing that, that's also made it easier for people to come and ask me questions about stuff. And I, there's less of a hierarchy of values in the training that way. And that to me is an example of like appropriate personal disclosure, right? That like, if there's something about yourself that you think your audience could relate to, to be honest, like don't fabricate it, but so share that. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's interesting, you and I, when we did our pre-conference this year, that's inspired so many conversations. We started that day by saying, breaking the script of any kind of introductions, what do you really want to know about us? And... I think it's hard to break that script because we are so ingrained that we want to know how long have you been doing this? What are your accomplishments? Mm -hmm. But really, I think if we put ourselves, and this came up in the conversation, in the role of a participant, we want to know that that, that facilitator is going to make us feel safe and they're going to make it seem, they're going to, I'm not sure how to express this, but like read the group. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. how much distance goes between the group and the facilitator when the whole group knows that it's boring or that you're tired and the facilitator is not responding to it. Like those kind of, like can this facilitator connect with us in a way that makes me feel safe? And I think that that sense of safety supersedes any, like do they actually know how to belay? Like yeah. have you ever had a participant express concern that you don't know how to belay? No. I don't think I have and it's not because I read them my resume you know what yeah. I mean yeah it's because because we have been employed for a certain role and there's a there's a just a, a normal assumption of quality even before we need to prove it I think this almost like flips the this flips the whole script on the fake it till you make it nonsense that I've never ascribed to prescribed <laughs> to but yeah. like but I've but I've also been uh, fell foul of and actually felt like I had to and also the whole thing about like proving expertise. I spent like the the last like nine years working at High Five trying to prove my expertise to the point now where I'm like, I don't know what to say, a waste of time because I think that there's a benefit to it. But like all the anxiety I felt of having to try to prove it, and I'm getting I'm getting more positive response from people when I just sort of say that I'm nervous, whereas instead I was trying to prove that I knew it all and I didn't know it all. In right. I had put so much energy into that because I partly think that there's this expectation of, well, you have to prove yourself or you, you're going to go in and you have to show that you've got, got all this expertise. But I think exactly what you said, it, it kind of separates you from them by That's doing right. so. By saying like, I've done this for so long, then it becomes like, a, the, the first, it's interesting actually, the, the longer I've worked in this industry, probably the same for you, the longer I've worked in this industry, the less less close to the actual participants I'm going to be, right? Like the gap between us in terms right. of experience is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so therefore I'm not relating to them in the same way. And so we have to work to work better to try to relate to them rather than have the gap be formed. It's a weird thing. It is. And, and in our, in our internal meeting that we had last week about sort of the essence of a high five training, one of the things that we all agreed, I remember that relates to this conversation is like, don't say more than you need to say or give more information than you need to give. And I think that that's true for introductions too, mm -hmm. right? 
And if this recording ever makes it out of your computer and into the ears of other people, I think a really interesting question for folks to ask themselves that I would love to hear the answer to is, when you are a participant in a workshop, whether it's a college class or adventure setting, whatever, what do you really need to know about your instructor to feel safe? And that sense of going back to the initial prompt about the, the concept of self-efficacy, you're, like you said, the, the more we give our resume, the more I think it can plant the seed that, oh, this is impossible. I have to go get a degree in this and I have to be in my 50s mm-hmm. in order to get to a sense of skill that I might want that I see in my facilitator. And that's not not necessarily true. Now, I'm not trying to dismiss or not honor the hard work and experience that goes into repetition of years. Like That's hugely valuable. I'm just wondering about how that can become, a like you're saying, a barrier or a gap when it comes to being a, being a role model. I bring this up actually in um, a couple of conference workshops I've done. I do that alternative introductions activity where you have people introduce themselves for a minute and they give like their elevator speech. And then I say, okay, you're going to find somebody new now and you're going to do the same thing again, but you can't say anything you previously said. We love that. And then, then it goes to this like le- extra level of depth. And one of the things I often talk about is that first round of it is often like the what of who we are, right? Just more specific about the what. And then that second layer is often the why behind why we do things. And it's easier to connect with people over a why than it ever is to connect over a what, especially if those what's tend to be something that's unrelatable. As an example, if I say, well, I'm from Ipswich, England, unless you're from Ipswich, there's no connection. All you, all your response to that is, huh, cool. But you don't, it's impossible to truly connect unless you're also from that place. Whereas if I say I came to the States because I wanted to work with a different population of student, more people could relate to the idea of moving to a new location and wanting to work with students than they ever could to the original place that I worked in. So I think about that with like introductions of yourself. If you share why you're here or why you're in this position you are now or why you like training, then I think you're more likely to connect with people than saying, I have been doing this so long and I'm from this place and I work at this place, all these kind of what facts about ourselves. I actually think back to that that prompt you'd asked with that group when we did that critical lens workshop at ACCT. At first, you said, we're not going to introduce ourselves, just ask a question. Then it was kind of a little bit of like an awkward silence because I think it was one of those like people didn't know how to respond to it. But one of the questions that got asked of us was Kevin Trump's question, which was, why did you want to talk about this topic? (laughs) So he specifically went down the the level of like, what does he want to know? He wants to know why we chose this. He doesn't want to know the specifics of what. He wanted to know the why. I really never never heard that so concisely framed about it and then applied to this concept of introduction. I love that. And I'll try that. So let me can I just test it out and see if I can do it? Mm -hmm. So my name is Lisa and I have this job because I went to camp in the eighties and I had a transformative experience on a challenge course. And I had an instructor who helped me understand that this could become my career. And I'm lucky enough to have had that come true. But that's a why introduction. Yeah, a why introduction. Versus a what introduction is, my name is Lisa, I'm from Massachusetts, I'm a senior trainer at High Five, and I've been doing this for blah, blah, blah. I think that there's something very specific to that, 
because I just don't think that people can connect with the what. Because our, all the paths are going to be somewhat different anyway. And I've experienced that with interviewing everyone. There's no set relationship between the things that I, the way I've come into the field and someone else has, other than the why of it. We all share that same why, but we don't share the same what. I love that. That's a great framing. Very cool. I think that's what I wanted to know. Thank you, Phil. All right. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks for listening to Vertical Playcast. And then what about thanks for listening to High Fives Podcast? Can you do it? Okay, try. Thanks for giving. I think I'll pass the guy. <laughs>